If you want a great conversation with a Philadelphia sports figure you should know more about, listen to One on One with Matt Leon on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. The saying is always dogs are a man's best friend. And obviously, anybody who knows me knows. I love me some pups, but not everybody has dogs. There are people who have cats, who have fish, who have various pets. And I think the relationship between humans and animals tends to be simplified a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, my cats are truly our babies. Like, they, we count them as part of the family. So I guess it's more than a best friendship. It's truly family. You get to learn them, their personalities, how they behave, how they act in certain scenarios, and the eye contact. That's always the one that grips you around the heart and really gets all those sentimental feelings and actions out, you know? That's what pets are. They bring a lot more joy to our lives, even on days that everything else doesn't seem to go well. You come home and you see something on four legs, happy to see you. It kind of changes your whole mood. So we have a story today, guys, from KYW News Radio's John McDevitt that not only speaks to how deep our connections with animals, and specifically in this case, dogs can be, It also teaches us how sometimes our worst moments can wind up having positive outcomes. If I wouldn't have got locked up, I probably wouldn't be here right now. (laughs) And like, that's like uh, God works in mysterious ways. Because I really, I really love the job and I really love, you know, doing what I do. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Brian Seltzer. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. And that's coming up today, but also tax day, which normally is April 15th, is coming up on Monday, April 18th. I actually did not know this until I was reading this story on KYW News Radio's website. I was just operating under the impression that, per usual, it was going to be on April 15th again, and I think that helped me. I feel a little bit better knowing that I got it done with a couple days to spare this year. We're out here helping out people and saving lives every day on KYW <laughs> News Radio. I am so behind. I'm literally going to be doing this on Easter Sunday. The day before tax day. That's where I am right now. Meanwhile, I'm that guy who got them done in February. There you go. But we know that filing your income taxes can be a pain in the rear end. And if you don't like doing it yourself, it's going to cost you money. But this year could actually be worth it. Quite literally. You absolutely have to do it because there's money to be had out there if you file your taxes on time. If Uncle Sam is saying, taketh this money, then taketh from Uncle Sam, you must. And this really has to do with the child tax credit and other payments that people might have still been owed as a result of stimulus checks from the pandemic. Sarah Martinez works for Community Legal Services here in Philadelphia. She says, do not leave the Fed's cash on your table. We really want people to file for the child tax credit. It's tons of money for families in Philadelphia. There's really um, no reason why you should not file to get that money. So this next part is really important. Regardless of whether or not you've already claimed part of the child tax credit or none of it at all, you're still owed money. The maximum payment you can claim per child for kids over six is 3000 bucks. Kids under six, that number is $3,600 per child. And if you're an individual filing making less than $75,000 per year, or if you're filing jointly and you make less than $150,000 per year as a household, you should qualify for the full amount. And again, this isn't just for the child tax credit. If you never got part of your stimulus checks, claim that as well. I know you want this to be an uplifting and encouraging story, and it's definitely worth checking and filing your taxes to be sure. But do you know anything about if we did, because I did get all of the stimulus stimulus checks, 
am I going to be taxed on that as income? Because I feel like, I personally just feel like the feds don't owe me anything and I'm probably going to end up owing them. I am no CPA, but the third round of stimulus checks are not taxable and not counted against your gross income. So that should just be yours to have and use as you see fit. Well, that's encouraging. All right. Maybe I won't have so much fear going into filing these taxes. And if anybody else out there is worried that they can't afford to file their taxes and don't know how to do it, Community Legal Services has a hotline that you can call from help. So no need to fear. We'll put that number in our show description. That's right. Remember, it is not the 15th. It's the 18th this year that got bumped up. But the way that the weather's been going, it feels like it's more June than April right now. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday when the kids got home from preschool, we took them outside and filled up water balloons. They jumped into their bathing suits and they started uh, <laughs> having a water balloon fight on the front lawn. It was great. I mean, these are the perks of working from home. I just kind of took a five-minute break, went outside and got smashed with some water balloons. It was fantastic. Water balloons are a part of my childhood that I always enjoyed because you could always have so much, so much fun with that. That's one of those big summer things. And of course, you know, certain kids like to get ambushed by water balloons. You got to be careful. You don't get caught slipping in my neighborhood with water balloons. Jay, I guess the water balloons work for you as a substitute for the pool because we know how you feel about pools and swimming. For understandable reasons, as we talked recently about the role that pools played in urban settings, particularly amongst Black communities that were not so great. But the city of Philadelphia is doing its part now to make sure that pools can be safe for inner city kids this summer by giving lifeguards raises. So yeah, the Philadelphia Parks and Recreation Department has dealt with a lifeguard shortage for the last couple of years. And last year in particular, they weren't even able to open all of the pools. So the city wants to avoid that problem this year. They've got about 230 lifeguards signed up, but they still need another 170. Will Coleman is a lifeguard trainer for Philadelphia Parks and Rec. I was like, wow, I want to get a part of that. Let me see if I can be a lifeguard. I had to train for about six months because I couldn't swim good. As a young person, and if you go into the pool, you just you want to get paid you know, to be there. That's, that's a really good benefit. We also heard from Catherine uh, Lovell. She's the commissioner for Philadelphia Parks and Recreation, and she hopes to have all 70 of those pools that Jay mentioned open for the summer. The fewer pools we have open every summer, the fewer kids will learn how to swim, that critical, critical life-saving skill. And so it is a question of access. It is a question of uh, equity, and it's a question of public safety. I guess, guys, we're bearing the lead here because people out there might be wondering, well, how much am I going to get paid? So these raises for first-year lifeguards, they'll get a 51-cent bump to start out at $16 per hour. And the more experienced lifeguards out there can make as much as 18 bucks an hour. And certification for everyone is free if you're between the ages of 16 and 24. Yeah, I mean, that's something that a lot of kids when I went to high school did, and that was their jobs and got paid pretty well. And it's, a, it's good training to have, too. And as the weather does continue to get better around here, more and more people are coming out of hibernation from the winter and or this pandemic or both. The Center City District is expanding its unarmed bike patrol to make sure everyone is staying safe when they're out and about in Center City. Paul Levy is the president of the Center City District, and he says more people were out in Center City last month 
than any other time since the start of the pandemic. The bike patrol radios are monitored by the police. The police have foot patrol and bike patrol out there. But given the challenges in the city, we wanted to have extra patrol out there. If there is a serious issue, they're right on their radio. Those radios are monitored by the Philadelphia police. And we know that safety is a big concern in the city right now. For the last 18 months, the Center City District has been using a 15-person unarmed bike patrol from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. You may have seen them out there in their yellow jackets. Now they're adding a six-person patrol from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. And eventually through fundraising, they're hoping the second shift can increase up to 12 people. Now coming up, humans and dogs help each other a lot. And for members of both of those populations that are looking for a change of luck or fortune in their lives, there's a program that can help. KYW News Radio's John McDevitt will join us to tell us that story coming up. I'm Jay. I'm Brian. I'm Sabrina. Now, just about everyone deserves a second chance, whether you have two legs or four. And Act Philly is involved in a national program that's got benefits for inmates and dogs alike. And here to tell us about it is everybody's favorite member of the animal kingdom, KYW News Radio's John McDevitt. John, good to have you on with us today. Hi, guys. Great to be here. So, John, we feel the more we have you on, the more we learn about the capabilities of our four-legged friends. And admittedly, I know when this came across my newscast, I did kind of a double take when I saw this, where shelter dogs are being used to help inmates get jobs. So, John, how exactly does that work? Right. So the program is called New Leash on Life, and it's been around for, it's a national effort, and New Leash on Life partnered with Act Philly, Act Philly being the city of Philadelphia's only open intake facility. So there's a problem with a dog, uh, stray dogs, aggressive dogs, they would go out their animal control, basically. So they partnered with New Leash on Life about 10 years ago. It was it's 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 going strong. Um, basically, I, I'm sure we've all been to shelters, right? <laughs> um, it's not a very happy place. It's a stressful place. Um, you hear dogs barking like extremely loud, and it's known it's known that that's not an ideal climate, if you will, um, for dogs to get adopted. They're stressed. They don't know what's going on. There are other there's strange people walking in. There's strange animals. And it's a, a stressful place. So a trained dog is a lot of times uh, will be adopted over a dog that isn't trained um, in, in many cases, only because, you know, when you're looking at an animal that is hyper, is it a match maybe going through your head or is this dog, this animal trainable? So basically the, the people in the program, they select shelter dogs that have uh, promise to be trained, um, maybe uh, a little aggressive, a little hyper. The, you know, the, the evaluation determines that they could possibly be trainable. So this program, they take dogs, they match them with inmates who want to be in this program. And they live in the cell with them for several months. <laughs> you're paired up with your, your cellmate is, is a dog. Wow. So when we first hear this, it's like the benefits are twofold. So you mentioned they're both sitting in a cell. Let's look at the human side of this first. What type of jobs are we talking about here? What kind of programs are these people placed in? So um, I went to Act Philly and uh, met with Stephen Morales. I mean, he worked his way up. He went, he was incarcerated. He, his sentence was a year. 
He went through this program. It was like my first week in jail. I had to do a, a mandatory year. Um, a guy came in. He came in and um, he started talking about this dog program. And um, he basically said that this program, if you wanted to join or sign up for it, they would teach you how to train a dog. And if you pass the course, you can go home early. You know, when I heard that, I was like, because I'm already like, I got to get the hell out of here. So, so I signed up for the program. The judge, because he was doing so well in this program, the judge reversed the sentence. He finished the program. Five months later, he was out. He applied for an internship at Act Philly, got the internship. Then he was got a job to work in the kennels uh, at Act Philly. He then uh, was like a behavior specialist. And now he's like the head of patrol uh, there uh, 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 at Act Philly, of police patrol for, for, for animals. In fact, that team, his team, was the first, we know, Buddy the Cat, and they were the first to arrive to the scene. They secured uh, the video that we saw. They, they secured the animals. So that's what he does now. He's out there uh, on patrol and, and, and uh, deals with aggressive dogs and other animals, maybe strays, maybe wildlife even. And that's what he's doing now, and he loves it. And uh, he, he said, like, if, if, I didn't, if I didn't get locked up, I wouldn't be here right now, meaning this, this, it was actually a blessing for him. Uh, it all worked out for him. John, do you know anything about how the inmates are paired with the dogs? Is it something that is recommended to inmates? Is it something that they raised their hand for and expressed interest in to get involved with? Yeah, so it's they do express interest in getting involved in it. And just like Stephen Morales there, there's a possibility that their sentence will be reduced. And these these are people that are in there for you know maybe a year or so, sent with a sentence of uh, of a, a year. You know, this is a transitional program. It, it helps them transition to society when they get out. So they learn a skill. They they are very much interested. I mean, you have to like dogs, <laughs> you know. And if you want to develop a skill to work with dogs um, when they are released, that's something that um that a lot a lot of people uh, entertain. Some of them are easygoing dogs. Some of them are hyper dogs. Um, my dog that I trained was very hyper. He was a good dog, but he was really hyper. You know, some of them have little little knickknack problems that that you can iron out with training. Um, say like like uh like if a dog likes his tennis ball yeah. and he doesn't want you to touch it right. and like you try to take it from him and he'll like pull it back but he won't attack you he'll just like you know little stuff like that yeah. you try to you try to uh iron stuff like that out so what's the name of your dog when you're in there my dog was named Pablo do you know where Pablo is now I do know I know his owner um so we're we're, we're we're really close so, John, I've always wanted to ask you this. How did stories like this become your thing? You seem to find yourself in the middle of some of the coolest animal stories or some of the more important animal stories we run into, whether it's Buddy the Cat, for example, the gorillas getting vaccinated at the Philadelphia Zoo. Ever since I've gotten here, you've managed to find your way into some really cool and really adorable stories with animals. I mean, you have you have people that love animals, sometimes more than humans, right? Animals are so important in our lives. You can't ignore ignore them because they're they're incredible. Like 
gorillas at the zoo. Like <laughs> gorillas are my favorite animals. Like they're just amazing. I could like watch them forever. Like our traits are so similar. It's it's crazy. So I like doing animal stories, um, but not just your average animal stories. Like for example, the zoo would have birthday parties for you know a gorilla, a baby gorilla, a lion, or, or you know other animals. You might ask, well, what's the news value of that? Well. Um, it's not the party for a gorilla. <laughs> it's it's about it's about conservation, the importance of it, what we all can do. The animals are the surface, but they also they too tell a story. Um, they may not be able to voice their story, but they have a story. And if you look for it, it's there. Like recycling your cell phones, who knew it, it, that helps the the uh, natural habitat of. Uh, Western lowland gorillas. Um, <laughs> so it's like there are stories and it's it's their ambassadors really to uh, other issues. And that's why I like it. You know, we had a story a few months ago about therapy dogs being provided at Baylor Women's Correctional Institution in Newcastle, Delaware. This kind of reminded me of that. John, do you think that there are other, beyond just the like job training concept, are there other emotional, mental benefits for people who are incarcerated in working, and I guess in this case, living with animals? Yeah, I mean, they become their best friends. They uh, are able to care for another living being. Um, and maybe they're, how they got there, <laughs> maybe they weren't so nice to living beings. And this is a chance almost for them to redeem themselves in a way, to be able to care for things again, to care for living beings. And it's like we started out, you know, this conversation, it's twofold. It's not only is the inmate being helped with, you know, learning skills and caring for living beings, but the animal is also being helped. So shelters, euthanasia exist. So if there's a dog that is older or not adoptable, um, they're unfortunately put down. And this, by training them, being able to sit, stay, wait, <laughs> you know, train them to behave in, in an environment, in a home, this makes them more adoptable and it saves their lives. They could be put down if this didn't happen. So it, it's saving almost two lives in a way. Yeah, John, and I keep going back to the point that you brought up earlier in the conversation about Stephen Morales. If I wouldn't have got locked up, I probably wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> and like that's like uh, God works in mysterious ways. Because I really, I really love the job, and I really love you know doing what I do. I think that's something about this story that really stands out to me as well. That even in our toughest and perhaps not proudest moments, there can be redemption in that there can be a way to rebound from that and overcome it and also he doesn't hide the fact that he was incarcerated he kind of puts that in the forefront to show others that you too can turn your life around and help a dog at the same time <laughs> he he trains all of the patrol officers now you know it, it's he goes out there i was in the exercise yard with uh with one of the dogs he, he took out of the kennel and um, he, you know, we're just chatting and, and he, he was saying our line of work, his line of work, they may encounter an aggressive dog or uh, they often do, 
And he, he said he smooth talks them. I'm like, how do you smooth talk a dog? And he goes, you know, you just raise your voice and, and, and you know, it really works. It really, you know, it, it calms them down. Like there was um, a real like, if you will, human side to him. He loved his job and he wanted to share it and he wants to share it with others. And he wants to get the message out that anyone could, you know, with a little work can turn their lives around. How can people find out more about this program? Yeah, um, so this is a national program. It all, it, it, it differs. Several years ago, I was able to go uh, to a correctional institution and actually see it in action, going there and seeing the inmates and how they work with the dogs. And, you know, then the dogs go back to the shelter and they get adopted. So people can just Google New Leash on Life. It's a national organization. And then Act Philly. You can go to Act Philly, A-C-C-T, philly.org. And they uh, have information on, on that there as well. It differs from organization to organization. But it's, it, it's been around for a while and certainly a program that, that is still shining and, and going strong. That's John McDevitt, who has at times been able to have maybe one of the more fortunate jobs we can find, being able to be around all these cool animals. And yes, as one of those people who at times may like a puppy a little bit more than a person, I kind of envy you being able to do these things, John. It's it's awesome that you're able to do this and get this story out there. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. So that's all for this Thursday. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Brian Seltzer. I'm Sabrina boyd Circa. And tomorrow we close out the week with an extra special theater story about a 10-year-old from Delaware County who is in The Lion King on Broadway. Thanks for checking us out on this Thursday. We'll be back at you to close out the week on Friday. Have a good one.